Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be taking a deep dive into a robotics company which is currently raising funds on Cedars. Uh, It's been met by very strong demand so far by investors. It's nearly at the target and we're going to be speaking a little bit about their fundraising campaign later on in the podcast, but we're going to be looking at the market that they operate in and their specific technology and what's so exciting about it. And to do that, we're very kindly joined by Eric Kilstrom, who is the CEO of Centaur Robotics. Eric, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Really uh, good to have the opportunity to talk about it. It's an exciting uh, opportunity. Glad to be on Cedars and glad to be with you today. It is indeed. And, and before we get into it, I, I do recommend that people look at the notes of this podcast um, after they've listened uh, for some of the images um, and also go through to Centaur's website to get a, a better idea of their technology and what it looks like, because it is an impressive technology that they have developed. But you know, before we get into the market that you're operating in um, and, and the Cedars campaign, uh, Eric, Please, would you be able to give us a background, first of all, to yourself, but as well, the company Centaur Robotics, please? Sure. So I'm Eric Kilstrom, CEO of Centaur Robotics, and I've come to this role because I think Centaur Robotics does what is important to create impact at scale. I was the UK government's uh, director of the Industrial Strategy Challenge Fund for Healthy Aging helping people to live better, longer, increase health span. And uh, after that role, I, I came to Centaur because uh, it, it's an impressive product. As you say, you look at it and uh, you have to say, if, if Apple were to make a vehicle uh, for personal mobility, this would be it. So, yeah, really excited about it. it, it the, the business started as a result of um, a father who wanted to do more for his son who had cerebral palsy, David Ranjan, uh, looked at what was out in the market and uh, decided it wasn't good enough for his son. And as uh, any entrepreneur would do, he went about creating a solution for his son uh, based on his personal experience and uh, found Paul Campbell, uh, who has 35 years of uh, commercial vehicle design at at Ford. He was global head of design for Ford. An amazing experience. And, and Paul also had personal experience with uh, restricted mobility. His father had a spinal condition that meant that he needed a wheelchair. And Paul was getting calls at the office uh, saying, you know, from his father saying he'd fallen and needed help to get back into his chair. And Paul was going back and forth. And, and after Many times of this, he's like, I'm, I'm a designer. I, I, I can solve this. And, and so what he did was went about and creating uh, the Centaur uh, vehicle that we have today. So it's, uh, yeah, really inspiring. People look at it and say, wow, it's uh, really different. Thank you. So, of course, the aesthetics that we've touched on are fantastic. But I think it would be good now, Eric, to speak about the technology and what's so special 
about what you've created. So if you could give us a little bit of background, please, in terms of uh, the system and, and how it works and the functionality for the users and, and what it enables people to do. Yeah, sure. So there are sort of four things that really stand out uh, about the Centaur that makes it special. First is safety is everything. Uh, we're, we're talking about vulnerable people and putting them in our vehicle. So safety is first. And the vehicle was built uh, by Paul, who had 35 years of experience. He works with uh, John Reed, who's head of engineering for us. He's got 35 years. So over 75 years, 70 years of automotive industry quality and safety experience. Uh, and, and so we're really proud of what they've created uh, to put a, a safe, reliable vehicle on the road. But, but more than that, uh, Paul his experience with his father, he couldn't get the wheelchair to the dining table. And so he created something that would fit into social spaces like a restaurant or dining table at home. And um, it, as a result of being the size of a, a, a dining chair, uh, it has unparalleled agility. Uh, all other vehicles are, are much wider. Uh, Ours is the most narrow at 540 millimeters uh, wide, and that means you don't need to adapt doorways or hallways. Uh, it elevates so that you don't have to adapt your kitchen. Uh, saves a lot of money in terms of uh, adaptations in and around the home. So that that agility around the home is unparalleled. But um, it, it's really important to create something that someone would be proud to be in. I think that... Um, comes across in the design that he created. It, it looks stunning. Uh, people have said if Apple were to create a vehicle, it would be something like this. And uh, it's not just our opinion. We have been on display at the Victoria and Albert Museum in Dundee and the London Design Museum, won awards with the Royal College of Art, uh, three Innovate UK grants, uh, China's Design Intelligence Award. So a series of awards, uh, Fast Company, uh, Health Innovation. So, you know, it's an award-winning vehicle that looks really great and people will be proud to be in. And then the fourth is dignity. Uh, the ability to elevate uh, gives you an opportunity to have eye-to-eye -eye conversation. And that really means a lot. Um, it, it, it's hard to get an appreciation for that if you've not had the experience in a wheelchair, but being talked down to is what most people in wheelchair experience. And so to have dignity of eye to eye contact is really important. Um, so automotive quality, unparalleled agility looks stunning and the dignity that it gives from being able to rise to eye to eye is the sort of four things that we think is really important. Just one question. I think this is something that listeners would be uh, particularly interested about it, you know the, the functionality and and how a user would use the mobility technology that you have in terms of the interaction and the, and the interface that you have how does that differ to what else is on the market at the moment so there are two-wheeled vehicles on them or self-balance two-wheeled self-balancing vehicle there are other two-wheeled self-balancing vehicles on the market but they're based on segway technology um you lean forward to go forward, left and right, to go left and right. And, and that is inappropriate for people in wheelchairs. Uh, if you lean forward to get a cup of coffee off the counter, you're going to go straight in the counter. So what we have created is something that is appropriate for the wheelchair user. 
the steering is is done by a, a joystick on the on the arm of the chair. Uh, it's it's not handed, so you can move it to the left or the right. It, it's easy uh, if you're left-handed or right-handed. So it's quite easy to control. The whole idea is to make it intuitive. You walk up and simply use it. Uh, so there's no training involved uh, with all of this. Whereas what's on the market today requires training. So so compared to other two-wheel vehicles, uh, it, the steering is really unique. We own that IP. Uh, we have seven patents uh, across three patent families, uh, including registered design and, and software. There's AI that goes into the steering capability. So lots of uh, protected intellectual property there. Uh, versus four-wheeled vehicles, because it's so narrow, you can go to spaces that other vehicles can't uh, operating around the home. You have to adapt your home for four-wheel vehicles. So two-wheel vehicles uh, that... You know, some of them may go upstairs, but they're huge. They're tanks. Um, you see the tank rather than the person. And Baroness Tanny Gray Thompson is an ambassador for us. And she says in some of the videos you can see on our website, uh, you hear it directly from her. It's important to see the person rather than the vehicle. Uh, you want to be seen as an individual. And the silhouette of the vehicle means that uh, you see the person first. So. Yeah, that, that's a bit of the steering and, and uh, the silhouette of the vehicle. That, thank you very much. So, you know, of course, the technology is helping a great number of people and has the potential to help a great number of people. And we're going to be discussing uh, the Seeders the campaign, as I said, a little bit later on in the in the podcast. But, you know, in terms of the, the business model, Eric, you know, would you be able to give us, please... Uh, and an idea of your revenue generation channels. Um, you know what, what's your business model? Of course, you have the technology there. It would be good, I think, for listeners to gain an understanding of how you're taking this to market and and creating value in the long term for for shareholders. Sure. So we will sell to existing wheelchair users, existing mobility scooter users, but also to people who reject the existing designs of wheelchair users. So for instance, uh, to give it some numbers, uh, in the UK, uh, 6 million people cannot walk 400 meters without assistance. Uh, in the US, it's uh, 30, 34 million people cannot walk uh, 400 meters. Uh, 3 million people use wheelchairs in the US, a million people use wheelchairs in the UK. So, so the, the market, uh, is is five to ten times larger of the, the people who reject the current design of wheelchairs and and want something different. Um, so there's a real opportunity to to design something, and that's what we've done. Now, some of those people may not necessarily want a vehicle a hundred percent of the time, and so they may um, want to have a vehicle. Uh, only when they need it. And so not only in addition to are we bringing uh, design innovation, we're bringing business model innovation. So we're bringing the concept of mobility as a service to the wheelchair industry. And that means that uh, you can use them in uh, very short periods of time. We'll be selling to retirement communities, airports, cruise ships, museums, hotels, 
as well as distributors. Uh, so, so you'll be able to, to buy them if you want via distributors or rent them for short periods of time uh, in various places uh, where you're working on your bucket list on airports and cruise ships and hotels. Uh, so it really opens up a new market and, and I think it creates a new opportunity. It's some really interesting opportunities that we create. Thank you. So I would like to speak now, Eric, about ESG, because that will be a big component for Centaur Robotics in terms of the investment offering. How's that been received in terms of your outreach to to investors? You know, do you find people uh, are really getting involved with the company purely from the ESG perspective? Is that ticking a lot of boxes for investors? Um, are you finding, you know, when you're looking at the environment out there for ESG investing, how favorable do you think that has been for Centaur Robotics during your crowdfunding uh, experience so far? It's almost impossible not to look at uh, a wheelchair and, and think around the social impact that you could have and for the customers that you could have. Uh, the, the impact that we have uh, on people's lives can't be understated. Uh, there, there's a woman named Fiona Jarvis who is uh, part of Blue Badge uh, Awards and Access Awards. They do they evaluate hotels and, and the travel industry, look at uh, restaurants, and and she says um, she wants to people be envious of her using uh, a centaur she drives around. And, and that gives people pride in their vehicle. D- David Dent is a Paralympian here in the UK. He does lots of award ceremonies. And, and he says he sees centaurs like an Armani suit that he would use uh, to do very prestigious presentations and be up on stage and create a real wow factor. That, that's really important uh, because right now, the wheelchair comes with baggage. There's a stigma attached and people reject that. And, and, and there are some people, going back to the 5 million people that reject wheelchairs, there are some people who would rather do less in their community, not be socially engaged, uh, than be seen in a wheelchair. Uh, you know, Really resist. And lots of people have the stories. I, I tell this story to people and they're like, I, I recognize that, you know, that's like my mother, or my grandmother. Uh, and, and so it's throughout the community that has real impact on people's mental health and physical health. There's a strong link, evidence link in, in research between social engagement, mental, physical health, and ultimately healthy life expectancy. The number one impact that uh, comes from the Harvard grant study says the quality of your social life is the number one impact on your healthy life expectancy. And we give people pride in their vehicle to be seen in the community. And we think that's really important. Um, The mobility as a service makes it affordable um, and accessible. We also have uh, a a program that uh, will take back the vehicles at end of life. We'll recycle all the parts and we'll responsibly dispose of any parts that we can't recycle, reuse, uh, will responsibly dispose of the batteries. So we're sustainable, we're, we're socially responsible, affordable. So those are the things that we think are really important that we deliver for our customers and our community and our society. So 
Just staying on that point, Eric, in terms of the measurable good that you're doing for people and, and looking at Centaur as, a, as an impact investment. Now, of course, with impact investing, there has to be, first of all, a clear and measurable goal in terms of how you're helping people, which you've just outlined, which is fantastic. But of course, with impact investing, there is the financial side of things as well. And that's going to be interesting for people that want to get involved in the Cedars campaign and look at helping with the the funding. So it'll be good if you're able to speak about the relationship between the measurable good that you're doing for people and then the financial returns uh, that Centaur are producing and and that balancing act there if there's any sacrifice in terms of the financial returns and and indeed you know maybe if you could speak to you know the model that you're employing for you know helping to generate those returns going into the future yeah i the best way to i think answer that question is via an example uh, i talked about airports uh we we have been uh, engaged uh, by emirates airlines we we're winners of uh, their startup competition called Aviation X. And the proposition in airports is uh, to sell more tickets. Doing good is good business. And by that, that I mean two thirds of the people with mobility impairment look at the hassles of air travel and decide not to book. Um, So so 10% of the global population can't walk 400 meters. That means that out of that 10, 6%, uh, you know, that's a huge number of the total population that is not traveling because it's not a good customer experience. So we're working with Emirates uh, and, and airports around the world uh, to create a better customer experience, drive more ticket sales. When you get more footfall through uh, a, an airport, you get uh, more sales, not just of tickets, but uh, uh, restaurants and, and merchandise in, in the airport and uh, on the plane. So uh, drives a really good return on investment uh, by spending money on creating a better customer experience for those with mobility impairment means that there's a return on that investment. It's the same in the hotel industry. We're all... We're running a pilot with Hotel Brooklyn. Uh, Hotel Brooklyn is the UK's most accessible hotel chain. And they are investing in accessibility because they see a return on their investment. Uh, There's some really good case studies on the Hotel Brooklyn website around uh, how attractive it is to invest in accessibility. And so what that means is that we're driving strong year-on-year growth. by year five, margins, EBITDA margins will be 43%. Um, we, someone who were to invest in our Cedars campaign uh, will, will potentially benefit from what we see as ADX plus returns. Uh, we hit our targets. Uh, we're in a very good place, and, and so will our investors. This, this is, Midven is the lead in our, in our round, and this is what they see in the opportunity. We, we have a commitment to work with Midven to deliver an exit in five years. And, and so based on the model that we've agreed with them, uh, this is a good for society, but also good for investors, uh, strong financial return. So Eric, please to, to finish off now, you mentioned the Cedars campaign there and people getting involved in a potential exit in, in five years that you'll be targeting, uh, 
within your strategy. But it would be good if you could provide some further details on the on the Cedars campaign now, please, because this would be something that I'm sure investors listening to this will be keen to hear. So in terms of launching the campaign at this point in time, you know, why why now? Why now for the funding round for Centaur Robotics? And in terms of the allocation of funds that you raised through this round, how are you doing that to achieve your long-term goals? Sure. So, so this is an exciting time for us. Uh, the mid-band investment comes at an important time to get us to market. Uh, the, they see this money as the last round before generating revenue. So we will be in market with this with this funding round. Uh, this allows us to finish our, our production and uh, invest in the pre-sales campaign and, and get to market. That means uh, this Cedars campaign is, is a fundamental part of that strategy in the sense that we're creating awareness in the community. We're, we're building our community. We've got a good size community, but the Cedars uh, really allows us to reach a whole nother set of people that uh, we haven't been able to reach before. So creating awareness, building community, some of them might even be customers. Uh, so all of that is, I think, really interesting around the, the crowdfunding aspect of it. Uh, and it creates a wider access uh, to investors. Uh, there are lots of people who are interested in the Centaur. Uh, they may be customers or they just like the design. Uh, they like the idea. They may not be big angel investors. And so with the Cedars round, we've been able to widen our community of investors and so we're really pleased to create a larger community of investors not just the high net worth uh, sophisticated investors but even uh, the, we've got investors who are putting in 10 pounds uh, 50 pounds uh, but for us you know that creates an important awareness we'll, like i said we'll be available in airports hotels cruise ships uh, museums we want everyone to be aware of who we are and what we're doing. You know, part of the, the idea is that we create a real VIP experience that anyone would want to buy. Uh, and, and so that awareness is quite key. So, so we'll use this money to, to get to market and uh, deliver vehicles to customers uh, next year, which we're really excited about. Indeed, that, that is very exciting. And, and I think just actually for, for one very final point here, Eric, because you, you, you've mentioned a number of exciting targets and milestones that you're looking at over the next 12 months. Please, could you summarize that for investors listening to this that may be interested in getting involved? What should they expect from Centaur over the next 12 months in terms of your key developments? Sure. So right now we're building uh, two prototypes. Uh, we'll test them to failure uh, with all the learnings from that. Um, that makes our vehicle even safer than what we've designed, uh, and so we'll be testing. Uh, we'll be creating ten uh, production intent prototypes in the spring, uh, and again, we'll be testing those uh, again and again. Uh, we'll be uh, using that to invest in tooling middle of the year and, and get to the vehicle to market uh, in the second half of 2024. So. Those are the key milestones that we'll be hitting uh, with an investment that people are making now. That's great. Thank you very much. And, and just as a, a note to listeners, do check out the notes to this podcast. There'll be a link through to the Cedars page as well as some further images and link through to the Centaur website where you can go and have a better look 
at their mobility technology because it is something, as Eric has, has said, to really have a, a good look at. It's, uh, it's a beautifully designed um, chair, definitely worth having a look at, and as well as uh, you know what the company have been doing in recent years. So, Eric, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for the opportunity. Really excited to to talk about it. I'm really passionate about it. I'm, I'm glad to be able to share that passion with you. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much, Eric. And thank you very much to everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.